Hey folks, and welcome to this week's podcast. It is a short one with Howie Edelson, who is the creative consultant of Brother Records, as we talk about this new and slightly controversial Beach Boys release. They've remixed a lot of stuff, and it really is, it's an interesting thing to consider, you know, morally and artistically. Certainly the technology has improved where we can do stuff to old music. The question is, should we? And uh, it's it's tough. I listen to these mixes, and they don't ever sound better. But it's nice to hear another sort of look into the behind the curtain and see how they sort of did stuff and hear parts you didn't hear before. Uh, we will. This controversy will never uh, stop because the the um, technology will keep improving, and they'll just keep remixing these things over and over. So uh, enjoy this little window into that process. And if you're a Beach Boys fan. I just want to remind you at WFMU.org slash Michael, I've got uh, an interview with Mike Love, one with Brian Wilson, one with Al Jardine, a couple with David Marks, Billy Hinchy, Hal Blaine, Rocky Pamplin, John Cowsill, Carol Kay, Ron Altback, Blondie Chapman, Carly Munoz, um, and a bunch of authors who've written great Beach Boy books. Uh, James Murphy, the author of Becoming the Beach Boys, uh, Ian Rustin uh, from the Beach Boys in Concert, Mark Dylan of the 50 Sides of the Beach Boys, uh, John Stebbins, Beach Boy uh, author, was on, and uh, so the, the, if you're, you know, there's a deep dive, and it's all sitting there, wfmu.org slash Michael, if you want to start your summer off with some uh, serious Beach Boy interview stuff. I don't know, just America's greatest band ever. The catalog is great. I'm always happy there's uh, reissuing, and I guess the, the best news of this is is that if this new remixing helps bring people to the catalog for the first time, then it's worth doing. Uh, enjoy this. Here it is, me and Howie Edelson, creative consultant of Brother Records. All right, there is the Beach Boys, and Howie Edelson joins us. As I mentioned, he's the creative consultant for Brother Records. Good morning, and welcome to the show. It's good to be with you, man. It's great to have you here. You know, this show, we have OD'd on the Beach Boys over the years because I think they are the greatest uh, American band ever. It's their 60th anniversary, and I'm talking to you today because of this new package called uh, Sounds of Summer, the very best of the Beach Boys. It it came out a few years ago, but it has now been uh, remastered and expanded to 80 tracks. There's 24 new mixes, including some things that were never stereo, and then some things that are, quote, new and improved. Uh, And that's it's so interesting. There's so much to talk about there because am I just tell me if I'm right. What they did is they've used new technology to take parts of the tracks that couldn't be separated before things that were recorded on the same tracks. They've separated them. So now they can mix them as if they were recorded on uh, a much, you know, on like a 24 track instead of an eight. Is that what's happening? Close. I mean, we're, we're, we're getting there. There's this guy in Ireland who, designed a program it's his brainchild what this guy discovered was how to separate mono tracks so you're able to now take a a mono vocal split it and have those vocals in different positions in the stereo picture it's all about manipulating what was a static cemented 
oral experience and finally having a little more freedom. It still has a while to go, but for now, this is as good as it's going to get. Like with this Good Vibrations remix, where it's as quintessentially stereo as you you really can get, it's been a, a mind blower. Is part of this necessary because the original multitracks don't exist? In the case of the mono ones, some of the mono ones were three track, where you had you were able to do it, but it was you would have very loud vocals on one side, and you would have the backing track, like when you would hear those those old British Beatles albums, where it's like it's not mono, it's stereo, but it just doesn't feel good, you know, the where it's like a tambourine and a vocal on one side. Um, so some of them, some of them like Surf and Safari, there's no way to make it a stereo. This is as close as you're going to get to making it a stereo for the people that want it. I mean, that's the thing about this whole collection is um, we're, we, the, the, the Beast Boys team, uh, Universal, which is the label, everybody knows that these songs have been on the market for decades and decades. And they know that there have been compilations, maybe more compilations than any other band. So there are nine versions. People probably have nine versions of Don't Worry Baby in their collection. That's just how it goes. If you're a collector or you're a diehard, you buy everything. It's part of the contract. You know, you have this soul contract with your bands. So what we did with this one, we were like, let's have a little fun. You know, it's either going to be turning people on that have never heard it. Um, and most of the stuff, a lot of the stuff is the same. It's just the stereo mixes that have been done over the past decade. But for some of them, like a tune like Marcella, it's just different stuff has been brought up. Like just there's been fun, you know, let's see what else is on this track. Um and so something for the fans, if they want it, if they go there, some people are like, we only want it exactly the way it was. And I understand that. Um, but the thing that I always, you know, with something like this, where there, some things are seemingly drastically remixed. If it was a bootleg, people that are detractors of changing things, they would be all over this. They'd be salivating. Oh my God, that alternate version. But sometimes when you put it out, it's blasphemy, which I don't understand. Well, let me push back on that a little bit, because if it, if it was on a bootleg, it would mean that at some point the Beach Boys in the original sessions mixed Marcella down a different way, and they decided on the other one. So it's it's a window into what they were doing at the time to hear the version they didn't release. But this is a completely different thing. This is something you guys have chosen to do. And with the case of Marcella, I agree, there's all these instruments they didn't use on the original mix. And for me, it's kind of an interesting window into seeing it. But it is, I've been, I went on the Beach Boys message boards recently to look and see what the hardest core fans are thinking. And there are definitely some who feel like, you know, this is a Frankenstein thing that, you know, just because you can do it, uh, you shouldn't do it. But I'm glad that you put it in a way that it's maybe not for everybody because that's, you know, do we need a 10th version? I don't know. You know, I have to say, like, when I heard Good Vibrations, 
you know, I had, there was a lot of hype about it, and it was one of the first mixes that came out. And uh, you know, people said your mind is kind of kind of blow. But you know, again, like when you hear something one way for fifty years, it's it is so jarring almost to hear it another way. And yes, certain instruments came out that didn't come out, but I don't necessarily think it was better. It's just new and different, and another uh, thing to consider about. Uh, Brian's creative process. Speaking of good vibrations, I got a question. There, it seems to me that Carl says, "I love the colorful clothes she wear." Am I right that that S is missing? And where did it go? You no, know, I read that and I was listening, and I didn't hear it. But I don't know whether it was a mind over matter thing. Huh. I'm ha- I'm really happy with the with the good vibrations. The Marcella, when I first heard that, it didn't hit me. Uh, in a good way. I got to be honest. And it was the drums. It wasn't really anything else, but it was the drums. The drums sounded, it just, it it was a topsy-turvy feeling. Like I've known this this whole time as this one way, and now I'm hearing it completely different. And then I got my mind around it. Like, don't be a train spotter, you know, stop being a geek. Listen to the specific instruments you haven't heard. And, you know, it's not replacing anything. It's just another door. Tell me about the involvement of the Beach Boys. And I don't know if uh, if Carl's family is involved or, or how it works. But I would guess that as the guys get older they are maybe less day-to-day involved in picking the songs or approving the mixes or or that kind of stuff. But when you're putting this stuff together, how much involvement is there from each of the, the camps? The way that it kind of works is there are a lot of things in the air and one kind of gets solidified. And then there's discussion with them over what they want, what the label wants, what all the different factions. It's really them. And up to them, no artwork, no liners, no mixes, no mastering. Every step of the way, it's approvals and a wait, hurry up and wait. And they're good with it. And they do. They're they're with this one with feel flows involved in the mixes. Some are, you know, some members even go and remix. Some are very in tune to the track listing, the flow. We've gotten not so much Bruce. Bruce Bruce Johnston was amazing with um, feel flows, and had um, when we were working on it, just amazing recall. They all they all do. It's it's an interesting thing, you know. It's it's not like a situation with McCartney where you ask him a question, somehow he spins it into the the yesterday story or the getting better story. Nobody really asks them about this period that that we're talking about, the feel flows period, which is the late 60s, early 70s. So it's so fresh, them talking about it and, and recalling things in the studios and things that they did to mix it then, like tricks and tips and well, we were working on this and we bumped it to a 16 track and like all this stuff comes out and is put in place. But every drawing, every word that's printed, every mix, every master is 
signed off by them. Nothing gets done without them. You know, we work for them. So the 50th anniversary tour was fantastic. It was one of the best concerts I ever saw. Are there? I mean, it's a shame that they're just not on tour all summer this year. I, and I would assume that is mostly because of just politics, interband politics. Are there plans for them to actually get together and do performances uh, to celebrate the 60th anniversary? I think the way that it's looking is gonna. There's gonna be some stuff happening towards the end of the year early next year i can't go into um really any detail there's going to be another box set at the end of the year and people know about that already that's going to cover the carl and the passions and holland album and live stuff there will be studio outtakes but it's a predominantly live bonus situation there which is fantastic just you know just just brilliant unfortunately COVID kind of has has moved every year forward a bit. Plans and releases and stuff, things have have kind of gotten just industry-wide, things have been pushed. But there will be some really cool 60th things um, happening. Uh, All right. Howie Edelson is the creative consultant for Brother Records. I envy you. What an awesome job uh, you've got. And the new release is called Sounds of Summer, the very best of the Beach Boys. And it's 80 tracks, lots of them, uh, brand new stereo mixes or remixes, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Thanks for giving us a window into how how it's all done. And uh, can't wait to hear whatever's next. All right, man. Thanks for having me. I, I love the colorful clothes you wear. The sunlight plays upon her head
vibrations are happening with her.